Hello and welcome back to our podcast. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be exploring what the Bible has to say about leadership. To guide us in that discussion, we're going to be using a workbook called Leadership, The Crisis of Our Time by Wendell Winkler. And we hope this series encourages each of us to grow as godly leaders in our respective communities, homes, and local churches, and also provide some instruction on how to prepare the next generation to take on that role of responsibility. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Hello and welcome back to our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. We're going to be continuing our conversation on leadership. And actually, this episode, as well as the next episode next week, will serve as kind of a wrap-up two-parter for our conversation on leadership. So we've been studying through this, this concept over the past several weeks. And our goal is, for these last two episodes, to try and make some practical applications to godly leadership. And and naturally, as we talk about some of these things, we're going to talk a lot about the role of elders in a local church and the responsibility that they have as leaders of that body of Christians. However, I think as you'll see, as we talk through some of these things, while the specifics may relate more to an eldership, the principles that we're going to discuss hopefully we'll be able to apply to any role of leadership that we may have uh, throughout our lives, whether it's as parents, in the workplace, in the schools, in our communities, wherever we may be seen as a leader, I think some of the principles that we're going to discuss both today and next week will be helpful in our understanding of that. And so we're going we're gonna to start, as we've mentioned several times, we've been using a workbook to kind of help study through uh, this topic of leadership. And we're going to continue doing that. And in these last couple of uh, lessons, uh, they have several uh, practical points that they've listed out uh, in regards to uh, leadership and the, the seriousness with which it is to be taken. And so we're going to look at a few of those. And the first one that we're going to look at is just that very idea of the importance of taking your leadership role seriously. And I think there, there could be an inclination to perhaps think about that and see that as a very obvious point. If I'm going to be a leader, I need to take it seriously. Of course, that's not, that's not super uh, helpful necessarily. However, I think it is easy sometimes to take a little bit of a flippant role to the leadership responsibilities that we have. And certainly, again, as we think about the role of an eldership in a local church, they have a huge responsibility to the flock, to to guiding us, to helping us spiritually, to make sure that we're serving the Lord in the way that He wants to be served, and they're going to be held they're going to be held responsible for our souls and and for the decisions that they make for a local church, and so they have a responsibility to take that extremely seriously. And in any leadership role that we may have, that responsibility should still be there. We need to approach it seriously because how we approach this role is going to be seen by others. And whether or not they're willing to follow our lead and listen to what we have to say is going to be dictated on whether or not we're taking this seriously. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes we will use, you know, an idea. I mean, this is really a concept that, you know, we should be pretty familiar with, right? I mean... You think about just in general, usually the things that can cause the most damage 
we are apt to take pretty seriously, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, imagine driving a car. Those of us that that get in a car and drive it around, we we understand that. Listen, if you you don't handle this in a serious way, it can cause a lot of damage. It can it can be a big big problem, right? You you put a fire in your backyard, you're going to take that seriously mm-hmm. because if it gets out of hand, it, there can be a lot of damage. Yeah. So we understand, you know, a lot of things like that. But you know, that same kind of uh, reality and principle is in play for a leader, right? A leader, if not taken seriously, can cause a lot of damage, certainly uh, within the realm of a family, as we've talked yeah. about, but most certainly within the realm of the Lord's church. And mm-hmm. so, you know, just, you know, it's one of those concepts that you're right. It's easy for us to say, well, of course, they're going to take it seriously. Well, not every leader does, right? Yeah. You've got to still acknowledge, number one, that yeah, you're in a leadership position, and then you have to understand how serious it is because of the the damage that can be done mm-hmm. if you don't take it seriously. And so, you know, it should be a sobering thing when we realize the different capacities of leaders that we really play. And there's there's several biblical examples to, to support that. I think about the people of Israel and when you know, one generation died off after the, the generation of Joshua dies off and there arose a generation that didn't know God and we get the idea that there was essentially a void of godly leadership among the people during that time and as a result of that an entire generation grew up without recognizing God and serving him in the way that he wanted them to the same happened in the days of Ezekiel that was another passage that was referenced in this lesson where Jerusalem was on the brinks of being destroyed and the people sent off into captivity. And and, and Ezekiel uses this terminology that this all took place because there was no shepherd there to shepherd the sheep. They They had no leader. They had no one to steer them in the right direction. And that can that can happen even in a in the Lord's church today, where there is a void where godly leadership should be that serves as an opportunity for people to leave or to stray. And so it's important that a, an elder take that role seriously to, to not only serve in that role, but also to make sure that they are doing all that they need to do while in that role. It's one thing to just be called an elder and to, to quote-unquote serve in that capacity, but do you realize the responsibility that's been placed on your shoulders when you accept that role among the Lord's church? You have now the responsibility of filling that void and making sure that your flock stays in line. And if that's not there and the sheep begin to wander, then the Lord's going to hold you accountable for that. And so it's, you have to take this seriously because of what's at stake. Yeah, I mean, you know, we often will cite even the flip side of that when you certainly study uh, you know, stories and characters in the pages of the Old Testament good leaders mm-hmm. are, are the leaders that take it seriously. And so, you know, you, you know, coming to mind, Moses, Moses, who took his role as a leader seriously, and because of that, he was an effective leader. Yeah. Uh, Nehemiah is another good example of that, really good example at the beginning of that book, especially with how serious he took that leadership role, and because of that, how effective of a leader he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you see this throughout scripture certainly jesus another great example when you get into the pages of the new testament where you see jesus understanding his role as a leader of men and him taking that seriously and how effective that is and so 
it, it is the same thing that plays out in life. And certainly for, you know, the elder in the, in the Lord's church, someone who takes it seriously is going to be apt to be an effective leader, but one who is nonchalant about Mm -hmm. it or prideful about it there. It's almost, or they act like it's a game even, or Mm -hmm. they're playing leader. Right. None of those things are, none of those things are going to work. None of those things are going to be effective because how serious of a situation really it is. Well, I think that's a, that's a good segue to the, the second point in on this topic that we're going to touch on. And that is that there, there is a price to pay for this leadership. And so if you're going to take this seriously, and if you're going to approach your role as a leader the way that it should be approached and give it the proper respect, there is a price to pay for that. And, and that, that is something that we shouldn't shy away from recognizing, certainly among an eldership, but even, again, as we've talked about, in any role of leadership that we may take on in our lives, you essentially are putting yourself out on an island a little bit. Mm-hmm. You, you are putting yourself out there. You're, you're going to receive some criticism as a result of that. You're never going to make everyone happy. If anything goes wrong, you're going to be the one that everyone looks at. In the moment of crisis, you're going to be the one that everyone turns to. There, there is a real price to pay for being willing to take on a role of leadership and to treat it with the seriousness that it deserves. And, and an eldership at a local church is no different. There, there are lonely days. I know from talking to our elders here and elders in other places, there are lonely days and lonely times in the shoes of an elder. And there are difficult decisions and really difficult conversations that have to be had. And in moments of uncertainty or in moments of crisis, they're the ones that everyone is looking to. And you have to know that going into it. You have to know that that's the reality of being an elder. That's the reality of being a leader. And that there is there is a real price to pay for treating this role with the seriousness that it deserves. And it's one that needs to be given serious consideration before you step into that role. Yeah, and you're going to be willing to pay that price if you understand the value, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's in everything. You know, what you're, you know, you look at the price tag of anything, right? Whatever it is, you're buying a car, you're buying a, listen, a new pair of pants. I mean, whatever. You're buying dinner, mm-hmm. you know, one night out at a restaurant that you like, right? Yep. You're going to be willing to pay that price if it, if it carries the value. I value mm-hmm. that car or a value that pair of pants or I value that plate of food. So I'm going to be willing to pay the price. And for the leader, they're going to be willing to pay the price if if what they're valuing is right. So right. for instance, uh, a, a husband, a father, who's the leader of that family, he's going to be willing to pay the price that comes with being a leader there mm-hmm. because he values his wife or he values his children. And so you have the exact same thing with the elders in, in a local church, right? They're, they're willing to pay that price, the price of, as you said, isolation a lot, mm-hmm. the price of criticism to your face, some behind your back lots of times, <laughs> right? But that's just the price yeah. to pay. But they're willing to do that. Because they value, they value God, number one. They value the blessings that God has given to them that puts them in a position to be a a leader. But yet they also value everyone that's a part of that work, right? Mm -hmm. There is value. So because they value that, now you're willing to pay the price. But there's a price that comes with all of them, and there's yeah. a price that comes with leadership. That's just the way that it goes. And your your focus has to be right, right? Mm-hmm. Your focus, if it is on others, certainly as a leader, 
you're going to be willing to pay that price. If your focus is on yourself, it's a price that you're probably not often going to pay. Yeah. Because it's not, you're going to like, it's not worth it. It's not worth isolation or it's not worth criticism or it's Mm not worth um, maybe even making a mistake, right? It's not worth any of that headache. So I'm not going to do that because their value system is all messed up. Yeah. I think of, I was thinking about Jesus when you were talking there and I I think about the sleepless nights that he had where he spent in prayer and and certainly his, his role of leadership was, was different than that of an elder today or, or any other leadership role that we may take on. However, the responsibility that he carried, in a lot of ways, there are similarities to roles of leadership. He was he was guiding people, teaching people, helping people, serving people. He was a leader among those who were following him. And, and that resulted in some sleepless nights, even for our Savior. And, and I think about, you know, the, the responsibilities that, you know, weigh on us as fathers. I mean, there, there, are, some, there are some restless nights of sleep as a father. And I'm sure other parents are, have experienced very much the same thing. There's some times where you're just dealing, trying to figure out how to deal with a certain situation. You're, you're thinking about the well-being of your children, and it just weighs on you heavily. And I know from the perspective of our elders, I'm sure that's the same for them. And when they think about the responsibility of the Christians here and the responsibility that God has given to them, Man, I have to imagine there have been some sleepless nights for those guys, and, and, and that, is, that is a price that comes with the role of serving as an elder or the leader of a family or whatever it is. But to your point, those sleepless nights or, or restless nights, those are a little bit easier when you think about the value of what you're thinking through, what you're dealing with, and its, its importance. I'm willing to have some of those nights in regards to the well-being of my children because it's that important to me. There aren't too many things I'm willing to give up a night's sleep for, but my children are one of them. Mm -hmm. And and I think we have to have that same perspective if you're going to take on uh, the role of an elder at a local church or if you're going to be a leader in other places as well. You have to be willing to pay that price because, like you said, you see the value in doing so. Yeah, you know, what's you know as you're talking there— Another example kind of popped in my mind of Moses, and uh, he, he's a really good example of keeping focus on what we value in the face of criticism, right? Mm-hmm. You have Moses who leads the people out of Egypt and uh, nearly instantaneously is facing criticism. Yep. And, and, you know, the whole time, it, not just once, it is multiple different times he's facing criticism from the people. But what you continue to see from Moses is... He goes to bat for them. He, he he goes to God for them. When God is like, listen, these people who are getting on to uh, getting on to you, listen, we can wipe them out and start over with you. Uh, but Moses, uh, he values the people he's leading, mm-hmm. and so he, he's not interested in that. Even closer to home, you have uh, Aaron and Miriam, and they criticize Moses and his leadership, and uh, and Miriam is punished for that. And it could have been easy for Moses to, you know, back away from that when she was stricken with leprosy to say, nope, you you deserve that, right? You, yeah. you were criticizing, he, he, almost a smile even a little bit. But what does he do? Nope, he goes mm-hmm. to bat for her, yep. you know, and, and the one who is because he understood, you know, where it is that he's value. And, man, I think that's an incredible 
you know, example of the way that a leader should be is, listen, you're doing the very best you can to lead whoever it is you're leading, whether it's a family, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's in the Lord's church, you're doing the very best that you can in, with, in every capacity that you can do it because you value those people. And if you could stay focused on that, man, there's a lot of stuff that you could fight through. Yeah, there really is. And that the third the third point that we're going to hit on today is is the idea of being on guard or or watching out for potential pitfalls that we may come across as leaders. And I think what you were just describing is a, is a good segue to that. Because, again, when we think about the value of what we're doing, we think about the responsibility that comes with it, it's no surprise then that there are potential pitfalls and challenges that are going to come our way. And the book makes mention of several. There's a couple that I think are particularly important that I wanted to just bring our attention to. Um, They use the term dreariness or the idea of getting burnt out in certain roles that we may take on. And I think all of us, again, as parents or whatever leadership role that you may be in, you've probably experienced moments like that where you just feel a little burnout, where you've just been dealing with something or just, or just the, constant, um, the constant weight of being on all the time. It can just wear on you after a while. And I know from the perspective of an eldership, that can happen as well because they, they deal with some heavy, heavy matters. And they're, they're, they're constantly on call. Day and night, they're on call. And that can wear on you after a while. And there, there is a need when you're serving in a role like that to make sure you have ways of refreshing yourself. Right. Because the reality is, is as a parent, whether you're burnt out or not, you're still on call 24-7. Yep. And as an elder, whether you're burnt out or not, you're still on call 24-7. That's the responsibility of being a leader in that situation. And so you have to find ways to rejuvenate yourself. You have to find ways to, to be on guard for that feeling of burnout and make sure that you're taking care of yourself, making sure you're making time for the things that bring you joy and really build you up and encourage you. You have to find, you have to find the moments to, to rejuvenate yourself. Otherwise, if your battery's on empty, you're not going to be able to execute your role as a leader effectively. And so it's really important for a leadership to make sure that they're continuously recharging themselves and making sure that they're ready for whatever's coming next. Yeah, and that's to me that's the key, right? I mean, you you, you see in you know the book of Acts when Paul is meeting you know with the the elders there in Ephesus and he's talking to them and, and almost his whole conversation is you know watch out, be mm-hmm. ready, be prepared for the difficulty. You got to be ready and you got to prepare yourself right now. I mean, that was the whole key to what he was trying to get them to to think about is. Don't make yourself ready and try to deal with it in the moment. Make yourself ready right now. And even you, there are things that you can do to even prepare yourself for, as you made mention, you know, this idea of burnout, right? That you are, you're, you're setting goals, you're hitting those, you're, you're thinking about those, your, your perspective is right, your focus is right. You're doing all of those things to prepare yourself for those, you know, kinds of moments. And so uh, it really becomes a very, very important thing because we've already talked about it. Listen, leadership is a lonely place sometimes, and it can be a discouraging place sometimes. Mm -hmm. And there's lots of people waiting and willing to criticize, thinking that they can do a better job. I mean, that it, it is... 
you know, every cliche in the book from backseat mm-hmm. driver to Monday morning quarterback, right? Where do those things come from? Yeah. It is, it, it comes from criticizing those in charge. Not necessarily they want to be in charge, but I sh- they sure like criticizing those in charge. And all of that is heavy, heavy burden to carry. And so you've got to prepare yourself for that weight. One of my favorite examples of this is Elijah in First Kings chapter 19. Uh, and the the story there is of Elijah being chased by Jezebel, and, and she's trying to kill him. And he's fleeing. He, he's on the verge of death every day, it seems like. And he finally gets to the point where he just tells God, I'm done. Like, just can, just take my life. Just end it all right now. I can't do this anymore. And what God does for Elijah is he gets him in a safe place, and he tells him to sleep, and he tells him to eat, he tells him to rest up, and then he tells him to get going. (laughs) And he gives him direction, and he gives him a companion, Elisha. And and so he, he helps recharge Elijah, because there was still work that God had for Elijah to do, but he needed to take care of himself so that he could go and execute the responsibilities that God had prepared for him. And so God helped him do that and recharge in that way. And I think that's just such a great example of what leaders and elders need to do. is They need to take time for themselves and not feel guilty about that. They need to take time for themselves. And whatever that looks like, whatever, whatever it is that rejuvenates them, they need to make sure that they carve out the appropriate amount of time to get away, to spend time with family, to do whatever it is, so that when they come back, they're ready, and they're recharged, and they're re-energized, and they're ready to go. And as leaders in whatever capacity it is, parents are the same way. We need to make sure that whatever whatever it is that recharges us, that we find time to do that. It's not selfish. It's making sure that I'm being the type of leader for, for my family that God needs me to be and wants me to be. Because if I'm drained and always on empty, then I can't be that type of leader. I can't be the effective leader that God needs me to be. And so I think that's a really great example of this incredibly important point of, of making sure that we're taking care of ourselves as leaders. Yeah, I mean, it is the, uh, if you've got no gas in your vehicle, you've got to put some more in there or it's yeah. not going to go anywhere. I mean, it doesn't matter how bad you want it to go. If it is empty, it ain't going anywhere. Yeah. And so it, it you have to take the time to make sure you're filled up, that you're ready to go because of what we've talked about already, because of the seriousness of it, uh, because of the difficulty of it, and we've got to make ourselves ready to go. Yeah. The last point that we're going we're gonna to touch on today is, is the idea of just making sure that we never sacrifice our family when we're in a position of leadership. And I think this goes along with what we were just talking about in that there are going to be a lot of demands on a leader's time, a lot of demands on a leader's attention, and you're constantly going to have to be reorganizing and restructuring your time and where your attention is. And a lot of things are going to, to be calling for your attention. No matter what it is, no matter how important it may seem, You'd never sacrifice your family. And I think that is such an important concept, especially for an eldership, but it should be that it should be one of these principles that, that all leaders keep in mind. But especially for an eldership, they can be pulled in so many different directions. They can be dealing with so many other people's problems that sometimes it would be easy for their family relationships and their family dynamic to suffer as a result of that. 
And no matter what role of leadership they may be in, nothing is going to take the place of them being a husband and a father at home and the responsibility that God has given to them to fulfill that role. And so it's really important that, that they always make sure to keep their family in a place of priority and to always make sure that they're fulfilling their role and their responsibilities as a husband and father first. And that will then equip them to better serve the church locally. But it's, but it's a real danger that I think we need to, as a congregation, help them and, and support them in the responsibilities that they have to their family, as opposed to being someone who may pull them away from that responsibility, be someone that supports them in that. Yeah, nowhere biblically is it even alluded to the fact that for an elder in the Lord's church— taking on that responsibility, that their responsibilities of leadership in other places, like as a father or as a husband, mm-hmm. those things go away, right. or that those things are minimized, mm-hmm. or that those things are, are going to the background. That, that's not the case. Those things still remain. Yeah. All of the responsibilities that an elder in the Lord's church has as a husband remain. Yep. All of the responsibilities, biblically, that God has laid upon him as a father those remain, right? All of the responsibilities that he would have as a, a neighbor, a good citizen in the community, right? Mm-hmm. All To evangelize, mm-hmm. to, to lead others to Christ. All of those responsibilities that are laid on him when he becomes an elder, those, those don't go away. Right. That you've got to maintain an understanding that I, I've got a responsibility to these things as well. And if I'm lax or I'm letting it fall away, in my family and my responsibilities towards that, Mm -hmm. that's sinful because God has said you're to be a leader here. And if you're not being a leader here, there's no excuse to throw out uh, that allows us to fall short of what God has called upon us to be. There's no excuse to throw in there. And and sometimes I think we try to do that. And Mm -hmm. it's hard for, for us, as we've been talking about a lot with elders in the Lord's church, to balance those things but you should be the type of man who's apt to be able to right, do that. Right. I mean, that's why not everyone is to be an elder in the Lord's church, right. right? You're dealing with men that have an understanding and have an ability to do this. And you made a hugely important point that as members of a congregation, you need to be supporting your elders in that. Mm-hmm. that it, 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 they need some encouragement in that. And you need to do everything you can to promote that, to make that as easy for them as possible. There are absolutely things that we can do as a congregation that helps and promotes those kinds of things. And at the end of the day, their ability to execute those responsibilities as a husband and father at home are one of the things that qualified them to serve as an elder in the first place. And so certainly it's something that we should nourish and cultivate within them after they have taken on this responsibility of an elder. We'll go ahead and stop there for the day. Again, as I mentioned, next week will be a very similar conversation about some different um, points of application that we can make to our roles as godly leaders, and we'll wrap up our study of leadership at that time. So hopefully you can join us next week as we continue our discussion.